Thank you for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit. This is episode 461 for comic releases for August 22nd. And with me today is Eric from Cowabunga Comics. Say hi, Eric. Hi, Eric. Hey. And um, we uh, don't have Kyle this week. And, uh, you know, you've heard my solo cast. So I begged and begged and begged and... um, and Eric, Eric was gracious enough to come in and, and guest host uh, this week. So um, hopefully uh, it would be oh, maybe 10 times better than if it was just me. So we're, we're happy well, to have him. Let's be honest. I did more of the begging than you did. <laughs> um, let's see. What's going on this week? We had a listener write in. Ryan Lowry to say thanks. Just a quick note to say thank you for the podcast and content. It is definitely one of my favorites, and I appreciate the fact that you guys stay so positive with your feedback and reviews. Keep up the good work. Now, I hope that's sincere, because <laughs> last, <the laughs> last, last week I was less than positive about something. I can't remember what it was. Um, and then I've also was harsh on Fiona for the long hiatus on Saga. So I have been harsh recently, but yeah, for the most part, we talk about the comics we like and and are positive about it. So I hope I hope this that's a sincere thing. It seemed like it. Um, I think being keep... harsh and being critical are two different things. True. I think you can be critical without being being harsh. So yeah, yeah. I'm not overly negative, but occasionally I do get on my soapbox. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. We appreciate the positive feedback. That's great. Um, Michael Curto says, trying to see if this is worth anything, and he sent me a couple photos of his. Archie's Girls, Betty and Veronica, number 150, from 1951. So after a quick jaunt over to mycomicshop.com, I didn't bother looking it up in Overstreet. Sorry, Michael. Um, in the condition that it looked like it was to me, you're looking at around 5 bucks. So um, don't quit the J-job, man. Um, it, you know, it's a, it's a 1951 comic, so I, I get it. It seems like it should be worth a lot more, but not not enough demand for those. And uh, I guess nothing really important happened in that issue. So, um, what what yeah. was that comic again? It was Archie's Girls, Betty and Veronica, uh, number one fifty from nineteen fifty one. Interesting. What do you have? What do you have? A thousand dollars on it? Am I lying? No, I, I certainly don't have a thousand dollars. I just uh, thought, you know, let's go to eBay and see what the sold listings have, and um, yeah, I would say it looks like it's probably in that five dollar range. Would probably be about your your target. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, it's not, if it was a uh, near mint, you'd have a little something, um, but uh, it was not. So, but thanks for sending it in, and uh, we'd be glad to to give you a quick grade and and price on things if you're if you're not sure about something um but uh so yeah we appreciate that michael thank you um we have some really cool news from aftershock too aftershock is going to make all their number ones from here on out returnable now i'd love to get your perspective on this eric um what does that mean for you as a retailer um well so First of all, one of the things that James and I have always talked about is having returnability is an extra you know lever that we can pull that we really like. 
And the reason that we like it is it does allow us to up our orders, um, which is great. The only problem is that depending on the publisher and their restocking fees, sometimes it's a catch-22. So sometimes we may have to pay 20 cents per issue to restock the item at Diamond. Other times we just have to rip the cover off and send it back. So um, I, I haven't looked at the fine, fine print from a retailer perspective on how this is going to work. But either way, uh, it makes me happy. I, we like selling Aftershock comics. They've done some really great things for us. The books are good books. They get great talent. Um, they have a great organizational structure. Uh, so all those things uh, make it wonderful for us. Uh, one of the things that I do is when we put together our pricing structure for mail order stuff, I do an Aftershock bundle, give a little extra percent discount because I believe in those books. Um, I believe that they they are a value that you actually get out of the dollar you spend, whereas some publishers, you kind of question it. So uh, so this is all great for me. I, I think that it's going to be hopefully a good thing for Aftershock. Uh, one of the things I know that most non-Big 3 publishers struggle with is just getting kind of validation because their name isn't, uh, you know, Marvel DC Image. So if this is a way that they can get a few extra books on the on the shelves, maybe some people will order titles in that they wouldn't normally get. I think this is great. Uh, Boom has done this over the past, oh man, maybe the past year. Uh, they've had a program where select items have been uh, 100% returnable if you meet a certain criteria. So you have to be in good standing with Boom and do a couple other things. But Again, it gives you that extra ability to say, well, you know what, let's try this uh, this first issue. Um, and it has led to some additional sales. And I think Boom's numbers have been going up little bit by little bit. Uh, so I think it's a great thing. So if, if Diamond would couple, working with the publishers, if Diamond would couple returnability with 30-day terms or 60-day terms, we would see comic shops overflowing with back half stuff, everything. It would be well, they would be well stocked. They'd never hardly ever sell out of things. Is, is that, is that true or am I simplifying it too much? Um, well, you can, depending on your account, your status, and all sorts of things, there are ways to get terms with Diamond. It's not the easiest thing in the world, and you can only restructure your uh, account every, I think it's every six months or something like that. Um, it, it, I think it's more on the publishers than Diamond. And I say that because, you know, Diamond sets their orders from the publisher. We obviously give our, our orders to Diamond. So really it's the publisher that sets the tone for how everything is going to work. Um, I understand from a publisher standpoint where they don't want to get back to where things were in the 40s, 50s, uh, where they were pulping, you know, two thirds of the books they printed. Um, that that's not a win for really anyone. Um, I I'm not opposed to certain certain structure where if you order, you know, over X amount or based on your discount here or something like that, you order over X amount and you know, say it's you order over ten copies of a new number one from a back half publisher or smaller publisher, fifty percent of them are returnable. 
Um, you know, I, I could I could get behind a program like that. It would need to be a little bit more thought out than what I just said. Uh, that way it gives the publisher a little protection. You know, the, the actual retailer has some skin in the game, but the publisher is also giving the retailer that flexibility to reach for those couple extra copies and maybe try and hook that extra couple readers. Um, it's, it's definitely something that's always talked about when there's retailer and publisher uh, interaction and discussion at a grand scale. I don't know necessarily one-on-one how often it gets talked about. I know when James and I have the uh, opportunity to talk to publishers one-on-one, returnability is not something that usually shows up. We're more interested in um, just being able to create a relationship so that, uh, and and we've done this a couple of times, if a product is out at Diamond, uh, we'll have connections that we can reach out to the publisher and say, hey, Diamond's out of this. I have one person looking for it. Do you have any at your office or in your warehouse and many times uh, they'll come back and say, yeah, I've got a couple copies. I'll send one over to you. Um, so it, it that's really where we're at. And, you know, that's fine. But I think all in all, uh, if there were some sort of returnability more generally across the line, yes, you would probably see more books at the comic shop. Um, but again, there is a catch to some of this. You don't, a small store would be wise to not go hog heavy on returnability because you still have to pay UPS or FedEx to get the books from Diamond to you. True. You still have to pay to ship all those ripped covers back uh, if that's how they're doing it. Sometimes they ask, like I said, for the full book back, and then there's a a restocking fee on top of it. So you got to be careful because if you get too deep into it, you could end up paying more than what you would be paying just to have the books sit on the shelf. Um, So... Yeah, that's my speech. But yeah, I think a little bit of returnability in some facet or fashion is never a bad thing as long as it's not abused. Hmm. Okay. I have oversimplified it then. Yeah, I was just thinking, well, you know, if everything's returnable and I've got 60 days to pay for it, then I'm going to take a flyer on 10 copies of this, you know, Red 5 comic that no one's pre-ordering, but it looks cool to me. And I think if it's on the shelf, people might buy it, and I can I can make that call with a lot with less risk. But you know, if if it's going to cost me <laughs> um, all the money I would have made in profits to box it up and ship it all back, and if there's yeah, and if there's restocking fees, yeah, I can I can see where that would be that would be problematic. Yeah, it's every publisher is different. Uh, so for Boom, they just ask that they send you like an invoice or it looks like an invoice that says, please destroy these. And, you know, they take it on your honor that you're going to destroy those copies, which of course we do. Um, You know, it's just kind of how it works. But again, we're not out there abusing the boom system, ordering 50 copies of a book when we know we're going to sell three, right? It's kind of a good faith thing that publishers put with the retailers in that regard, where if we would normally order 10 copies of a book, maybe we'll get, 15 that's probably about the most we would get on top of it uh and and boom is aware of that like they can see your order trends and they can see that because uh you know if if the first one and maybe the second one are returnable and they see you ordered 50 50 and then six they're gonna they could potentially take you out of the program and say yeah you're just abusing this and you know doing whatever so um so yeah I'm, i'm fine with that as long as there's there's a little give and take yeah okay well uh, again, I got it wrong, so I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. I would here. say you got it wrong. There's just a lot of variables in it, and I think that part of that is because you've got Diamond as the middleman. Yeah, right. We're not ordering direct from the publisher. Man, would well, that would be a challenge too, though? I mean, 
Oh yeah. After after you get by, you know the big two and maybe some of the the higher mid tiers. Then you know there's there's so many publishers that have two books and you'd have to negotiate with all of them and deal with all those invoicing and orders and whoo that'd be a hassle. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Hey, we got some scuttlebutt that John Byrne has is being wooed back to Marvel to write an X Men book, uh, perhaps called X Men Else When. Something like that. Yeah, I think uh, this is this is a big push, I think, by C.B. Sapolsky. Uh, he has made it known multiple times that his first comic that he read, I think, was X-Men 121. Uh, but it was a burn book. And for him, there's obviously a sentimental value to that. But he also understands the... Uh, the prestige that John Byrne brought to Marvel and continues to have. And obviously whatever happened back in 2000 with the messy breakup and, and all of that, we don't have the full details. I'm sure someone out there has the full details. I certainly don't. Uh, but if Marvel is able to get John Byrne back uh, and John is able to create at the same type of level that he was or close to it when he was in his Marvel Prime, uh, that's certainly a win for both, you know, publisher for distributor for shops and most importantly for the fans the readers because i don't know too many people who say that john byrne era x-men or really many john byrne books for that matter were bad yeah yeah he's very well thought of as a creator so that'd be cool if that happens and um yeah it's nice to see old uh masters come back and be able to put a, get on a book again and just don't do 50 books, John. Just focus on one. You know, that's, all, that's all I ask. You know, just, just do one. Do one really, really well. Um, the Walmart uh, DC exclusive 100-page uh, Giants, the second issue of Superman and Justice League came out this week. Um, I was able to snatch some up and immediately... I mean, flip them within minutes of putting them up on uh, my eBay store. It's crazy with 3,000 stores across the nation that uh, people, are, they're not close to people. And that there's such a demand for this book that's readily available at retail shops. Um, uh, good for me. Uh, and 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 good for other people that are, that are out there flipping them, but... Geez, man. I mean, I, I, I would have thought everybody who wanted a Walmart exclusive could just go to Walmart and pick one up. But I guess that's not the case. Are you still getting people coming into your shop asking you to get the Walmart books for them? Uh, we had a couple people come in and ask for number one. And ever since then, it's pretty much died down. Uh, yeah. Walmart is an interesting situation. I don't know how many people have listened to the Cowcast, but we did give our thoughts on it, uh, I think at length, probably in our last episode. If you do not um, listen to the Cowcast, please go subscribe. There are 42 episodes. Each one is um, really good and uh, well worth listening to, especially if you want any kind of a glimpse behind the business side of, of comics, uh, legit business side, and not... Uh, two dorks who um, sell stuff on eBay. 
<laughs> well, we are two dorks who sell stuff on eBay. That's true. <laughs> you know, really, there's just a couple extra layers that we have on top of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. We formalized so- it and pay rent on a building. <laughs> but no, it's... Uh, so we did, we talked about it. I think that... Uh, yeah, it's an interesting debate, and it's one that unfortunately will never really have a full resolution because uh, the contracts have been signed, and it is what it is. Um, the The actual comic retailing market will have access to the creative uh, output, but it will only be in collected issue format, so that is what it is. Um, it, I think it's a little bit of a shame, but I'm also, I, I do appreciate the fact that DC is trying to reach out to a new audience. Um, I do think that's a great thing to have happening. Not necessarily sure if this was the perfect way, but knowing Walmart the way Walmart is, they're not going to enter into an agreement if they don't get an upper hand somewhere. Yeah. And they, uh, they are also very good at using their size to kind of throw their weight around from thing. I know we've heard people complain about, they didn't even observe street date. Well, they don't do that with any of their products, any any of their collectible products. So, for example, Pokemon. Uh, we sell Pokemon cards. We do Pokemon pre-releases. And we are held to a specific street date. We get the product in uh, a certain amount of days ahead of that pre-release so that we can get it entered into our system and have it all prepped and ready to go. Uh, Walmart is uh, supposed to be held to that same street date. If we sell our product early and someone from Pokemon USA finds out about it, we lose our right to sell Pokemon product. Uh, we've talked to our reps and, you know, had said, hey, we've got kids coming in that are saying they're going to the local Walmart and buying this Pokemon product that doesn't come out for another four days. Um, you know, what's the deal? To which they say, well, it's Walmart. We really can't do anything about it. Wow. So, you know, Walmart has that advantage and that edge where they, they just had, they have a size and a scale that uh, I don't know if too many uh, brick-and-mortar stores mm-hmm. can, can battle. Target maybe, but... Um, yeah, so you really, you kind of, is what it is at this point. We just kind of move on. Yeah, I mean, I I like the idea of comics all over the place. Um, uh, I like the idea of the Dollar General contract with Alterna. If that ever happens and and they put their line at, at, in Dollar General's, I think that's cool. They're not doing anything exclusive. They're just putting the same stuff that you can get in a comic shop there. Um which I think is a better is better just to have the same product that you get in a comic shop all over the place. I think is kind of cool. Probably not, not for you, but uh, <laughs> uh, I would but, much rather have that because we yeah. already have the captive audience. The people that yeah. come here on Wednesdays are going to come here on Wednesdays. Yeah. And if you put the product in a different store and it's the same exact product, uh, it would be different if uh, dollar general said, Hey, we signed up with diamond and we're going to offer the entire line of Marvel, DC, Image, and Dark Horse books. Yeah, that I would have a problem with because yeah. that you know that could be a little well, and I don't guess I wouldn't really have too much of a problem with that either because it wouldn't be any different than you know you moving to the next town over and opening up a comic shop. So really, that that one I wouldn't have as much. But well, I mean, um, Barnes and Noble did that. They did, but they had it under a completely different structure. Uh, you know, they had a dollar more on their cover price. They had returnability and. I want to say they were a week delay on books. So oh. if we had a book that shipped on the first of the month, uh, they for them it went on sale on the eighth of the month. There was some sort of with DC, okay. there was some sort of a an advantage that the comic shop had to try and yeah. maintain their audience with Barnes and Noble gaining an extra audience. Yeah. So I guess I mean I 
I want comics everywhere. I want them. I, I want the spinner rack back. Dang it. Um, but, but I don't want an exclusive Walking Dead that I can only get at Target. I don't want to have to go to Menards to get um, the new Skyward because they have an exclusive deal. I mean, I don't want that kind of stuff where you got to chase stuff down. And um, if, if I can't get them from one stop, then I, I just want to see more it get into more people's hands. That's why I like the ubiquitousness of you know libraries. There's 130,000 libraries across the country. With all, all of them have some size of a graphic novel section now, and so that's that's accessibility for for the next generation of comic readers. Yeah, and so that's what I'm looking for as far as because you know I think we're all getting older and dying, and there's less and less new people coming in. Um, although you know you see plenty of of young young comic readers and. Uh, up there in Economa Walk, but it, I think by and large from the industry, what we're what we're seeing and hearing is it's an aging it's an aging market. Yeah, and it's interesting because I don't know there there are aging aspects of it, but there's also a youth infusion, and I think it's I think part of it too is just a replacement. I think that as some people age out, um, you know, sell their collections there seems to be another person right behind them kind of coming in. Now, what we have to figure out is how do we get two, three, or four people to replace the one? Yeah. That's the struggle that we're, I think we're trying to find the best way to fix. And if Walmart is a is a gateway, you know, that's great. I'm, I'm down with that. Um, I agree with you. I think, you know, Walmart, Target, you know, having all these national chains, having these exclusive things, I think that starts to fracture to the point where it's like, eh, no. Yeah, And then instead of saying, well, I'm going to pick up eight or ten books from multiple publishers, you're just saying, I'm just going to get the Marvel books. I'll go to, to Menards. Oh, I'm just going to get DC. I'll go to Walmart. And that's where I think you, you actually hurt your own industry. Yeah. Yes, that's that's the problem. Um, if I had to go uh, to McDonald's to get the hamburger and Wendy's to get fries and um, Burger King to get a soda, I would be pissed. Yeah, and uh, you know, here, here's a public uh, plea. To you, Drew, since your Walmart seems to carry the DC Giants, my Walmarts around me don't, which, hey, I don't mind that. But um, if you do happen to catch an extra Batman 3 with the first Bendis Batman, I don't (laughs) care what condition it's in. I'll I'll buy that one off you. (laughs) Okay. Just because I'm interested to see what his first Batman story is, and I don't want to be patient and wait. Well, it'll be on my eBay store, and let me that's a good transition um, to talk about Drew's Comic Shop on eBay. Is that the URL? Do I go to ebay.com slash Drew's Comic Shop? No, it's unfortunately, um, this is like my, I set up my eBay account a long time ago to buy stuff. And it is uh, slash Drew102E. So it's got my name in it, but it doesn't say anything about comics. Um, I'll put, I'll put a direct link in the show notes. But I sell comics and vinyl there now, and um, it's actually selling more vinyl than comics lately, which is crazy. But um, people love the vinyl. You bet it's one of our movers. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool, and um, it's a bear to package. Um, it doesn't always fit in my mailbox slot, but uh, um, it's been fun. It's been fun, and people have really dug 
getting uh, rare vinyl. Um, so yeah, if, if any of that stuff's interesting you, or you need, or you can't, you don't have a Walmart next to you, and you want uh, the latest, um, I can hook you up. Go to go to my comic shop and uh, and check that out. I'd be glad to uh, ship it to you safely and securely and free. And Drew's talking about vinyl flooring samples, by the way. He's gotten really <laughs> big into this uh, you know, DIY stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's linoleum. <laughs> I'll be shipping you linoleum. Um, Those rolls, they don't, they don't fit into the post office box very well. Uh, <laughs> hey, we got, we got Comicron numbers. Uh, so we have sales numbers for July now. Um, last week... We made a prediction. You didn't get to hear this. Well, you might listen to the show, but uh, Kyle's prediction was the top five would be over a hundred thousand, um, and uh, he was wrong. It's the top eight over a hundred thousand. Yep. And um, I don't know that we guessed on Batman, and even if we would have, we wouldn't have guessed four hundred and forty thousand copies shipped to stores of a five ninety nine, a four ninety nine book. Um, we all know that the hype was through the roof. We all know that it leaked, um, souring uh, people's expectations of it, um, canceling orders. There's retailers that got stuck with a lot of these 440,000 copies. So, um, Good news it's is it's returnable. At least it's returnable now, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, Catwoman won. It wasn't originally, though. Correct. Correct. Um so yeah, that that's kind of a bummer. Um, bittersweet taste in your mouth, probably with the with the whole Batman fifty, but it's still it it's an impressive number four hundred forty thousand for just a, a a proposed wedding. The batrimony. The batrimony. Uh, the first issue of Amazing Spider Man with Nick Spencer at the helm did a respectable two hundred eighty nine thousand. Uh, copies uh, nowhere near uh, the massive numbers that some of the previous renumberings have done. But I mean, my God, man, this is our my fourth or fifth Spider-Man number one in the last five years. So you're going to get diminishing returns at some point. But I think it, it it's it's nice that they that it, it did as well as it did. And I uh, hopefully there'll be some of some percentage of those readers that stick around. I, I think it's been a decent read so far. Yeah, I mean that was one that had a lot of uh, variants on it as mm-hmm. well, so that uh, that never hurts Marvel's cause. Yeah, and the ta- the the ta- Tainahisi, uh coats ba- Captain America sold significantly better than I thought it would at one hundred sixty seven thousand. Also, some variants uh, helping that along. Uh, Doomsday Clock, the sixth issue, Steady Eddie um, yep. comes in at one hundred thirty five thousand. Very consistent. Um, seller there, uh, Superman, the first issue of 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 that Bendis comic, uh, one hundred thirty three thousand, much stronger than his Man of Steel. So I think the weekly shipping schedule um, aspect of of Man of Steel just must have turned some retailers off, some people off about that. They didn't really get behind it to the numbers that that they're getting behind Superman. In fact, it's it was about half, so uh, that was. I thought that was interesting. Well, you got to remember though that there were three or four covers. I think there were four covers to Superman One. If I'm remembering correct, you had the A cover, you had a Mac cover, you had a Hughes cover, and then you had a blank cover. 
That's off the top of my head. Mm. Um, so there were extra covers, but I think actually I'm glad you hit on um, on Superman as a character more so than just the singular title, because I did some looking and there are people that were saying, you know, to the effect of uh, Bendis coming on Superman really hasn't hasn't transformed it hasn't shot it up the charts hasn't done much and i actually have an argument counter to that because if you look at what the previous numbers were for uh for superman if we go back to i don't know let's look at what march had here um do 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 a search for superman superman selling 43,800 copies so 43,800 copies twice a month puts you, let's just round up and say 90,000 copies. So you're selling 90,000 copies of one title. Now you talk about Bendis, and he did a weekly for six weeks that sold an average of, let's just, again, round numbers, make things easy, 65,000 copies. So you sell 65,000 copies on average across six weeks. You're still doing a lot better than 90,000 in a month. True. Right. And then you look at the lead off of Superman 1, you're at 133,000 and down below it a little bit, Action 1001, you're at 80,000. You know what? If you're going to double the numbers, I think I think it's a win. Yeah. Especially because these books are twice a month. Yeah. So we're going to see some drop off. We're going to see, you know, the four covers are going to go away and probably lead to two, maybe three, depending on, on what the, the, the call for the artist is. But you're going to see a dip, but I still say that you've taken your... Your premiere, you're probably number one from a creative and historical standpoint superhero, and you doubled his. You, you doubled your sales. Any company that doubles its sales, I think, would say that we've we've done good. So, no, I'm not saying it's people to say that. I'm not saying it's a failure. I'm not saying you yeah. did, but I've heard a lot of other people oh. that have made comments about well, Bendis hasn't really moved the needle, and I would beg to differ. I would say that doubling Superman, a character who uh, myself personally, I find traditionally to be a little boring because it's just too much boy scouty for me i i just there's not enough of something i don't know what but i've read every issue that bendis has put out and i've been enjoying it and i'm actually for the first time in my life i have superman on my pull list yeah uh i i was a big fan of the tomasi gleason run but um yeah i see your point and by issue six if it's you know in the 60s and 70s um, instead of 30s and 40s for action and Superman, um, that'd be great. That'd be great. So that'd yep. be a, that would definitely be a win. Um, and then, th- not to mention, you get all his other creative output, um, mm-hmm. all the icon yeah, stuff. Yeah, Pearl just came out this week. Yeah, how did Pearl uh, do? We're going to have Scarlet. Oh, it, <laughs> we are just about sold out of it. I mean, it, it was a good mover for us. We brought in a healthy stack, and... It's moved really well. I think is it next week or the week after is Scarlet, um, and then we have the next uh, story arc for United States of Murder Inc. coming out. Um, so yeah, he's he's pumping it out. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like he ha- he might have had some stuff in the drawer at Marvel, and uh, decided to just uh, pack that stuff and bring it over here. So I like that. That's that's cool. He's very really hitting the ground running and going to have a lot of things happening. And um, I think that that's only. That can only be good. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Joel Jones and Catwoman's first issue. Uh, they very, they also capitalized on the hype of the wedding uh, with a hundred and twenty one thousand copies sold. Very healthy sales there. Um, we'll, we'll see how if any of the backlash sticks that title. It's pretty good. I enjoy it. 
I've read the first couple. Um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it too. Uh, first issue is definitely boosted by uh, an art term B cover. Yeah. Uh, we've got the second issue of Amazing Spider-Man. So we can see that drop, but uh, it, it's down to 113,000, uh, almost 114,000 copies. That's that's pretty darn solid still. That's not a, that's not a huge drop. Maybe what? Eighty percent. It's it's a huge drop. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's still a huge drop. You're right, um, but uh, you know, still above 100, 113,000. I doubt there were as many variant gimmicks on a number two. No, not so as many. Still some interest there. We'll see. We'll see where it levels out at. It'd be nice if it if it maintained um, a top as a top ten book. I'd like to see that. Um, Batman 51, still doing over 111,000 copies um, coming off off the the wedding. We're going to have to see where that goes. Um, yep. If it was just the retailers that were upset or if uh, readers are also as upset about um, the lack of payoff for the buildup there. And we'll see if people stick around with the title or it drops below 100,000 uh, significantly because it was it was below there for a while, but it was nice to see it crest that number again. That's really the only only ongoing comic uh, that can maintain above 100,000 um, currently. So I think that's that's impressive, and um, I'd like to see if that, that, that maintains that. Um, the switch in creators uh, from Tom Taylor to... One of the Tamaki uh, creators, is it Mariko Tamaki? I think it's Mariko Tamaki, yeah. yeah. Um, did really well with X-23 uh, as a relaunch, 93,000. Um, it was good. Not It wasn't as good as the previous run, but it, it was a good title. Um, that's very healthy. Um, Donny Cates' Cosmic Ghost Rider rounds out the top 10 with its first issue and it did 92,000 copies sold so a really really healthy top 10 one of the strongest I've seen in a long time Um, and uh, a very impressive uh, sales into uh, retailers and hopefully into the hands of readers agreed yeah now as we uh, glance down the rest of the list uh, anything that you want to that that jumps out at you that was you felt was significant or um, it was in, of interest to you in those sales numbers? Yeah, I have to admit, I jumped all the way to the bottom okay. and looked at a few things, but I don't... There is no order. Something that, Kyle, Kyle's okay. not here. There is no order. Oh, chaos. Um, no, the one thing that I noticed was down at... Where the heck was it? Um... 475 and 470. You've got Man of Steel 3 and Man of Steel 2, both with reorder activity over over 1,000 copies. Uh, I think that's a great sign on a book that uh, I believe has returnability. That, um, you know, the fact that there's still reorder activity for Bendis' you know, first real arc, I think that's a great sign. And I... I, uh, I like to see that, especially on a returnable book when you see more orders in. Yeah. That that just means that the returnability was there, but people don't have to take advantage of it. So, um, 
trying to see what else. Uh, I lost my little sorter button. Oh no! There it is. <laughs> I was just going to take a glance at Aftershock to see how they've been doing. We got the first issue of Relay, did almost eight thousand copies. Um, that's, that's a healthy launch. The first issue of Clan Killers did four thousand. Um, let's see, we have uh, the second issue of Lost City Explorers dipped below three thousand, unfortunately. Um, Walk Through Hell, which I'm really enjoying, its third issue did almost seven thousand, so it's it's maintaining a pretty good number uh, for them. Um, so they've got some they've got some good solid hits uh, for for a company that has much lower overhead. Yeah, no, I think you're uh, you're dead on with that. What else do we have? Um, you know, one that I'm looking forward to to seeing just how things go is the Burger Books line at Dark Horse. Yeah. I think that's um, that's going to be interesting because I know for myself personally and just from the orders that I'm seeing, there's definitely some renewed interest in Dark Horse. Uh, and then also in this current month's previews, looking through the Vertigo uh, books, it looks like we're trying to rekindle a little bit of that old Vertigo magic that um, seems pretty interesting. So I think those two smaller uh, imprints on bigger publishers, I'm anxious to see how the numbers start to shake out for mm-hmm. them. Uh, Alterna, we mentioned earlier, um, they're struggling to get a foothold. Are you still reading the the full Alterna I'm line? I'm still buying the entire Alterna line um, from you, and uh, <laughs> it uh, it's it's just stacked up. Um, I I've leafed through some of them, but I'm not current on the line at all, and so um, yeah. I, I'm supporting them with uh, my dollars, but not uh, with my eyeballs, I guess, yet. I, I've never, I it, it just stacked up. I'm so far behind, and um, I, I've never got around to reading them yet. So I'm finishing, you know, all the miniseries and all the runs. And I'm, looking, I'm going to read it came out on a Wednesday. I still haven't read that yet, but I was looking forward to reading that one. Um, Tinseltown I was looking forward to. I just haven't made time for it yet. So, yeah, they're just... They're stacked up there. Um, I probably get a short box of Alterna at this point, um, but I haven't. I have not read um, any of them completely through. You know, I've probably sampled a couple of the number ones, but but I haven't finished any of them. Okay. What do you think? Subpar. I uh, I've I've tried to sample each of the titles that have come in just to take a peek through, and for me. I love the price point. Yep. Uh, I love the newsprint. I love what they're going for. I just either I'm into the art or I'm into the story. The the the, the two never meet. Yeah, I can see that. So. Yeah, and that seems. To I be... can tell you, unfortunately, they they just don't sell off the yeah, shelf. They're just not selling. Um, I mean, no. but on paper, no pun intended, but on paper. You know the low price point, the the various genres, something for everybody. Uh, it makes sense that you know it, it, on a rack they're cheap, they're disposable. They sh- people should pick them up, but um, but does not there's not a recognizable superhero. So I get it, right. Yeah, I was just taking a look with DC and see how many 
how many issues they had over 50,000. They've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. 16 books over 50,000. That's not too bad. Who was that? Which one was that? That was DC. DC. One, two, yeah. Three. yeah, that is quite solid. 14 for Marvel. Interesting. Black Masks, uh, their entire month offering. Nothing is above issue four. Um, but their first issue probably launched five years ago. Um, they, they do have some struggles with uh, getting the books out on time. I don't understand it, but uh, they seem they seem to really struggle with that. And uh, I, I like I like a lot of their stuff, um, or about half of it actually. And uh, it just it just very rarely comes out. It's hard to keep that story fresh in your mind and and know you know to seek it out and want to want to read that next one because you've forgotten about it. Right. You got anything else on the numbers from uh, for single issues? I'm looking at Boom. Boom's all most of it's under under three thousand. Struggling a little bit. Dark Horse, you know, some of their licensed properties seems to do pretty well. Um, Black Hammer stuff's doing okay, above ten. Um, they 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 need a hit. That uh, publisher needs a big hit, and I don't, I don't know if Black Hammer's enough. And I don't, you don't see a lot of Hellboy stuff coming out anymore. So, really disappointed in the way Resident Alien went out. Um, this was the issue four, and uh, so the final issue of that mini series. There'll be one more mini series. From the, the way I read the back matter, there might be a final mini series. And that, that they're going to put this on the shelf, and we won't see it again, um, which is really disappointing. And, but I I can't blame the creator sell, selling seventeen hundred copies um, that he doesn't want to, you know, continue it indefinitely. So yeah, it, it sure was great. It's going to be a great omnibus when it's when it's all collected, or hardcover of some sort with uh, the four or five. Um, mini four issue miniseries all together that'll be great i'll definitely want to look into that but uh but yeah it's kind of a bummer when stuff doesn't sell to anybody else that you really love and i experienced that more than most people i think <laughs> the things sure. that i love just do not click with anybody else but yeah that's that's about it not, nothing else really you know there's a lot of number ones um do what what number ones do and we'll just have to keep our eye out for um what else what it does uh down the road yeah i mean i i think i think dark horse i think there's a chance there um once they get a few more titles going yeah. uh, for the burger books i'm going to be putting together a burger books bundle it's a good idea um, just because i want to i want to help push that i think that you know obviously under karen burger's watch with uh with Vertigo, we had some 
just amazing books come out. You had Preacher, you had uh, Why the Last Man. All-time greats, you know, Sandman. Yeah. Right, right. And so these are, you know, she's got the creator uh, touch. Uh, and who knows? Who there, there could have been, you know, 30 reasons why Vertigo started to take a little bit of a slide over the past decade or so that it did. Um, could have been... You know, could have been her, could have been corporate uh, structure that was keeping things in a certain place. It could have been creators uh, not wanting to work for DC. Who knows? I, I, I don't know. So hopefully a fresh start for her, uh, getting those creators come back and do some new stories, I think is going to be a good thing. I wonder if, you know, the stuff you used to find in Vertigo, you can now find in Image and other publishers pretty readily now. The same tone and and genre and style is now represented really well at image especially and so there's there's they don't really corner the market on that niche anymore and you know i think that that probably has something to do with it as well you know and and a lot of those creators that might might have been at a vertigo now are take aren't taking their their stuff elsewhere quite possible Yep. Which, which you yep. may have alluded to. Um, let me allude to our C4FAP cover B Cowabungle bun, Bundle. Cowabunda, cowabunga Bundle. Well, you Cowabungled that I did. one. I did. I did do that. <laughs> These are all cover Bs. Um, there's four of them. Blackbird number one with a cover B by Fiona Staples. Aaron Boys number one with a cover B by... Eric Larson, Exorcisters, number one, with a cover B by Pia Guerra, and Juke Joint, number one, with a cover B by somebody named Hawthorne, but I'm really psyched about the book, so uh, that's why that made it into the bundle. Uh, All four of these were getting a massive 50% discount from the folks at Cowabunga Comics. Um, you can also get the cover A's, and that discount's probably around 40%. But this is the the cool one because it's a Comics for Fun and Profit bundle um, that is spec-heavy with, with the right creators on the right books. And you can only get this bundle through Cowabunga Comics. And the best way to... Well, just call up Eric right now. He's he's here. Just call him up. He'll, he'll take care of you. Yeah, I got nothing, I got nothing else going on. <laughs> or you can email him. Eric with a C at Cowabunga Comics with a K dot com and um, send them an email and say, hook me up with this FOC, hook me up with, uh, I want to get on your order list or hook me up with the bundle. Any of those things, he'll take care of you. Or any anything else you need from an LCS, he'll take care of you. Um, is you there bet. another better way to get a hold of you, Eric, that I did not mention? No, I'd say email is probably the best way. Uh, you can also go to our Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com slash Incredicow, I-N-C-R-E-D-I-C-O-W. And uh, you can shoot a message over to us. Uh, chances are James will probably see that before I do, but he will pass the message on to me right away, and I will follow up with you however I need to, whether it's email or uh, or through Facebook. But, yeah, email is probably the best way. Um I do send out a weekly FOC list. I try to get it out uh, on Friday evenings 
because the list is finalized uh, Friday at noon. It's usually pretty solid around Wednesday, Thursday, but I just tend to wait till it's finalized to make life easier on me most weeks. Uh, but I get it out to you Friday. You've got till roughly noon on Monday or till I come a call in to see if you uh, are placing an FOC order or not. And then uh, we send out a monthly order form, and those are usually due back uh, the, what is it, the last Thursday of the, last Wednesday of the month, second to last Wednesday, depending on how the ordering system works through Diamond and what they've got for days yeah. of the, or how many release weeks there are. So, um, yeah, that's the system. And it's a good one. And it costs me lots of money, but I get lots of comics out of it, so it's really cool. And It could cost you lots of more. <laughs> it, could, it could cost lots of more. <laughs> now, uh, another cool thing is um, getting on the FOC list. Uh, FOC is final order cutoff, and uh, Eric brought it early tonight because we're recording a little early and was kind enough to get this thing hot off the presses. Nobody has seen this anywhere, so we're excited about that. Eric, lead us through this. What's what, what's on here that's that's of note today? Oh man, that is a great great question. Well, at the top, we start with uh, where Kyle used to like to start in Dark Horse. <laughs> um, there's really, you know, it's kind of the the typical items. Uh, one thing that they've got is the Frozen. They've got the Disney Kids books. So Frozen, uh, Breaking Boundaries number two is on there. The first uh, the first issue has sold really well for us. Um, has a nice crossover audience between adults and kids. So, um, you know, don't let it go. Uh, oh, oh, my goodness. Kyle. But probably the biggest thing. Kyle, oh, sorry. Kyle, go ahead. I think missed the boat on this one because his daughter is a frozen fanatic. Yeah, mine too. I think on the last count we had two Elsa dresses and an Elsa nightgown, I swear. <laughs> um, but probably the biggest thing that's coming out from Dark Horse that's on FOC right now is uh, MST3K. Number one, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Um, there's two covers. There's an A and a B. But this is one that I think a lot of people are getting excited for. Um, it's basically it takes right off where the original MST3K was from, uh, from the uh, from Joel Hodgson. Um, I don't know what, <laughs> what else you want to know, but it's basically it's going to be, if you're an MST3K fan, um, this is a book for you. It's going to be a cult following People are going to seek this Absolutely. out when the Firefly book came out. The people that the brown coats came out for that, you know. The, yeah, and it's Dark Horse, so it's going to get overlooked by a lot yeah, of people. The Rick and Morty crowd went crazy for that book, so um, it's going to fall yep. in that same vein. And it, this will be something. It, yeah, you definitely if you if you missed the boat when it was solicited, um, you know, pick this up at FOC. You got a chance to pick it up, and uh, uh, as a that's Todd Knock on the cover A there, right? He's pretty good. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something worth picking up for sure. That's really what I've got for, uh, for dark horse other than the ongoing series. That's what I was going to, that's what I was going to mention as well as the MSDK. Well, on to DC. Yeah. Yeah. We start off with a good one. Holy crow. Batman Dam number one by Brian Azzarello. We don't have the Jim Lee B cover, uh, art yet, but boy, that Lieber Mayo cover is, uh, so it's a three-issue miniseries. That's an interesting choice. Seven bucks. It's a, uh, it's a little bit higher priced one. Ah. But, you know, and it's I think this is the first of the uh, the DC Black items that are coming out. Um, well, they've so... retroactively, um, the Black Label, they've retroactively called uh, White Knight 
the uh, a black label when it, so the trade dress will have that insignia on it. Meh. Yeah, they cheated. <laughs> um, but no, it, so this is I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this one now. The I think yeah, this might be a regular sized item, but some of these are going to be some of the black items are going to have goofy form factor sizes because creatives man duh yeah gonna go landscape and be like barrier so you'll be complaining about that yeah so your your retailer will uh, be cursing your uh, name have to give you magazine bags for them oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> that was not okay. fun hey what's the feedback been on the brian hill run of detective so far good good we've uh we haven't seen any dips we've actually added a couple more I've people enjoyed it um yeah, and people are really liking the Mark Brooks uh, variants as well. So it's two really good things going for it. Yeah, it's got, it's got a really good feel to it. Reads really well. Um, feels authentic. Old school detectiving seems to be going on. I, I like it. I like it. Detectivizing. Yeah, I, yeah. That's that's how. right. Right before that though is probably the biggest of the DC variants. Is uh, Catwoman three? Uh, it's an art germ cover. Is that the B, aka Stanley Lau. Yep, the B. And it is uh, beautiful. The guy's good, man. What can I say? Yeah, I looked at what his what settings are say? in uh, Photoshop to do that. It's really beautiful. I think it goes into God mode when he starts doing things because, uh, yeah, he, he he's he's um, a really really nice guy to to chat with. Uh, very humble, but um, boy, his his art really jumps off the page. Yeah, yeah you can you can see it. There's some people aping his style a little bit now. I've noticed. I, 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 oh yeah, I see a little bit of more of this of that that sort of style, and I'm like, well, that's you're stealing art germs. You can tell it's not yeah. him though. Yeah, well, it's, it doesn't stack yeah. up, but no. Um, probably next up, as far as uh, things of note, would be the Sandman Universe House of Whispers number one. We've got both a uh, standard and a variant cover. What's the scuttlebutt for uh, the Sandman universe? Are people old school Sandman fans coming out and just ordering the whole lot, or are they picking and choosing? How's that working? Picking and choosing, but we actually found a number of people that came out for Sandman 1 that um, had never read Sandman before, and they were all hoping that it was a good jumping on point. Uh, I snagged it for myself, but haven't read it. So we'll see. But there was a lot of excitement for it. Um, the covers were, were really cool. They're good-looking covers. Uh, and speaking of covers, House of Whisper number one, did you see who the variant cover artist is? I'm clicking right now. Oh, Bill Sienkiewicz. So I'll put you down for one. I th- I'll have to check. I might already have that order. <laughs> if you don't, I'll I put don't you down for one. I miss that stuff. <laughs> Sometimes I do, though. I definitely Sometimes do. you do, and I usually catch it for yeah. you. Um. Yeah, it's my beloved Scooby Apocalypse, uh, the twenty ninth issue. Oh man, you got to check out the Yasmin Putri uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws variant. This one I think might have might be one to keep an eye on. Uh, it it sings of the same types of thing like that uh, Batgirl twenty three, um, and a couple other of those covers that just came out of the middle of nowhere. Oh, the Nightwing was it Nightwing forty one or forty. That uh, the almost all blue cover, um, but this one is very visually fetching, and uh, this might be one for people to keep an eye on. Dripping red skull, I like that. Or dripping red hood, yeah, I like with that the a bats lot. Fl- yeah. 
yeah, with the bats flying out the blue and the black, I think to signify Nightwing and uh, and Batman. New costume, new weapons. Make a note of that for myself. Hmm. Let's add a few of those for the shelf. Okay. Scooby Apocalypse. Go ahead, continue. Oh, I just I no, just have to point it out because it's it's almost reached thirty is- issues. Scooby Apocalypse has almost reached thirty issues. I think it's the only thing left from that whole launch by far. I think everything else is gone. Um uh from that whole launch of of those restyled uh Hanna Barbera things. Um pretty sure they're all gone. Um but uh, it, I just would have never guessed it would have it'd be pushing thirty issues, and and I've read every one. It still freaks me out that I love it so much. That's crazy. It's crazy. It makes it. I don't know what it says about me, but it's. I dig it. <laughs> uh, then beneath that, we've got Suicide Squad with a variant by Matina. Those are always big sellers. Uh, and then Superman with a Hughes and Mac variant. How's covers. the Matina? Project Superpower stuff is that it was that briskly pre-ordered? It hasn't come out yet, right? Yeah, uh, issue zero and issue one okay. have come out. Both have been pre-ordered very well, um, and from what I've heard from people that have been reading it, they've actually been enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, I read the zero issue. I have not read the first issue yet, but uh, I enjoyed the zero issue quite a bit. Anything special happening in Titans twenty-five? Not that I'm aware of, but um, I can be dense at yeah, times. I mean, so sometimes they do stuff for the twenty fifth, the issue that, that land on those those numbers, and sometimes they don't. You never know. Right. I mean, it's it's been Titans has been a good book to read. Dan Abnett's doing the writing, and uh, it's been it's been enjoyable. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, people that read it like it. And then you got your Wonder Woman uh, variant by Jenny. And who's the new creator on this? Orlando. Oh, yeah. yeah, Steve Orlando. Eek. Nice guy, but his stuff doesn't work for me. Jenny Frozen has just... She's been cranking these out for... Has she done all 54? B covers? No, uh, Frank Cho, I think, had the first seven. Ah. And then there was that falling out between Rucka and... Well, Rucka was trying to influence Cho and... Joe said, fine, I'll take my talents elsewhere, and he went to Harley at that point. Yeah, and those have been great covers. Sure have. That's all I have in DC. Um, you want to take a look at yeah. IDW? IDW. Uh, I have enjoyed the Black one, Crown Quarterly. Um, it's, it's a, that's a pretty nice book. I, li- I like it. It's kind of got that Dark Horse Presents feel to it. Sure. But, nah, probably not flippable. It's not all about no, flipping. No, we're fun and profit. Because if it was all about flipping, you probably wouldn't be getting Scooby Apocalypse. But I have flipped my Scooby Apocalypse. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I sold those pretty pretty easily. Surprised. That should be your spec pick every week, then. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. I think I still have some copies of uh, Fred's Death, though, if anybody needs it. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have too much in uh, 
in IDW. Yeah. IDW is a is a publisher for us that we don't do quite as much as we do with some of the other ones. It's it's so heavy in licensed properties, and uh, unless unless you're mm-hmm. into that property, who cares? Yeah, and I think they lost uh, a significant amount of people from our store when they started doing that massive Transformers crossover, and then they did mm-hmm. the full on licensed toy crossover. The, yeah, the Hasbro stuff. Oh man. Yeah, it just got to be way too much for people, so that actually kind of just turned them off, unfortunately. Well, let's go to Image then, my my baby. Yeah, you can drive this yeah, one. I'll, I'll ride shotgun. Read Beauty. If you're not reading Beauty, you know, go back and get the get that nine dollar ninety nine cent trade um, for the first volume because it's fantastic and it just it's really been strong and. Nobody else is reading it, but doggone it, it's good. Uh, Cemetery Beach, I've completely forgotten what that is, so I need to take a look at that. Warren Ellis and Jason Howard. Oh, the the Trees guys are back together. Trees are something a lot of people liked. I just I, I couldn't get into. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Trees. Um, it just started moving a little too slow for mm-hmm. me, so I ended up dropping off. There's a 20th issue of Copperhead. Um Another great one. Hey, kids, comic. Anybody get that Shaken book? Yeah, we sold uh, we sold a decent amount of those actually off the shelf. And here's a chance to get another uh, of the uh, censored, uncensored charity um, variants for Hey Kid Comics. Hey Kids Comics number two. Uh, these are only available through FOC. So, um, if you, I, I ordered a couple of the unnaturals last week, and I'll probably take a look at some of these and see if uh, any of them strike my fancy this week. Um, is that the only ones offered this week? Oh boy, that's a good question out here. Um, yeah, that's the only one. Yeah, that's the only one that comes out this week. So it's that one or nothing. I got uh, two things to call out. Already, one is not a spec book at all. It's a trade. It's Dead Hand. Uh, if you haven't been reading Dead Hand and I you guess. are in at all interested in Cold War, or, uh, Soviet uh, espionage, and all of that stuff, it's actually it. I've thoroughly enjoyed the book. It's been fantastic, and I would recommend anyone take a take a go at it. Huh. I, I sampled the first issue, and uh, then dropped off. So maybe I should give it another another gander. You should. Hmm. And then the other one that uh, I'm looking forward to is MCMLXXV number one, which I believe is Roman numerals for 1975. Okay. Uh, but it's uh, it's Joe Casey book. And it's a Manhattan cab driver that happens to be a badass monster fighter who wields an enchanted tire iron. Very nice. Sounds pretty good yeah. to me. I'm I'm excited about Man Eaters. Um, I I really enjoyed Bitch Planet a lot, and uh, this this has that same kind of sensibility to me. You know, so I'm I'm thinking this is going to be written by Chelsea Kane though, with art by Kate Nimchik and a cover by Leah Maternick. Um, this is uh, 
good stuff, I think. I think this is going to be a good one. So uh, if you like Bitch Planet, I think you'll like this. Um, and Bitch Planet just kind of fell off the face of the earth and we lost it. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, but um, Maneaters, number one, another opportunity to get that. I think that's it for image that I see. Cool. As we take a look at uh, some of the the Marvel books available, um, there's some stuff going into second printings. We've got a second issue of Captain America, Cosmic Ghost Rider, Death of Inhumans, all going into second printing. We've got the second printing of Amazing Spider-Man three. So a lot of a lot of books selling through. A lot of it's sell through, and then another part of it is manufactured uh, scarcity, manufactured collectability. Yep. Well, wouldn't they know what they're doing? Well, I mean, wouldn't this be driven by retailer demand for the book? Um, I would. <laughs> that, that, is that also I don't naive? Think you Yes, because uh, these are announced many times before the original comes out. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. How would they know it's so true? So on the, the Wednesday, on the Tuesday before the Wednesday the book hits, Marvel will announce uh, second printing for whatever book. Uh, you know, order them now. Limited supplies. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I because I think, but hey, I get the e- image emails pretty regularly, and it's usually like on. Thursday or, you know, after the original book came out or at least the late, like late that day on Wednesday. Yeah. So they, they, I would assume they have some data that supports. Yes. The other thing that would tell you that these are manufactured collectible items, which it works and oh, many of them do hold value, um, is it's a brand new cover. And why would you have a brand new cover created before the first printing hits the shelf? Yeah, how would yeah? Why would you uh, why would you pay that money? Why would you pay an artist? Where, right. Where'd that cover come so. from? So, mm-hmm. true, but that's the ones I like too. So I don't mind it. Exactly. I don't mind it because when and that's a very thin when DC actually does a reprint of something, it's usually just a recolored cover. Yeah, true. You are, you are exactly exactly true. It's it's like I'm I, I'm in this industry. Yeah, you know your stuff. So Iceman did not do well, so let's give him another five-issue miniseries about three months after the last one goes away. So it's back. So if you like that, you can get more of it. Huzzah! Enjoy. Uh, People seem to like the Infinity Wars a lot. A lot of people talking about that stuff, and issue three is out. You got Journey to Mystery, Birth of Krakoa, Sergeant Fury, and his Howling Commandos face a mission unlike any they've ever tackled. Yeah, that's not my style. Do you like that 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 era? I certainly don't mind World War II era. I'm I'm a history guy. I like yeah. You know, if you put me in that setting, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy it. So old school Captain America is probably right up your alley. Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. I forgot what Rising Omega is. Let me double check what that is. Devin Grayson. Oh. 
That's an all-ages book. Or younger. Yep, it's uh, the Miss Marvel Squirrel Girl. Yeah, I forgot uh, about that. Giddy up. Yeah. Not for me. They don't all have to be for me. No, they don't. We've got some... I would say... Oh, I was just uh, we got some uh, True Believers that's uh, focused on the Defenders. So we got uh, a Cage, uh, Daredevil and the Defenders, Jessica Jones, Alias, and uh, a Luke Cage Hero for Hire, all num- all for a dollar, and um, all like their early seminal work. Yep. And shortly underneath that, Venom number three, third printing. Venom number three was, uh, that was the big hot Venom seller with the first appearance of uh, some guy with an apostrophe in his name that I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, So that's definitely one that I would say, you know, as a potential spec book might be, especially if you have an A cover uh, for for the first print and you happen to have the second print. Then you have the third print. It might be a decent thing to put up a set. There were tons of covers of, of or, or printings of that first issue, weren't there? Yeah. Um, Four, let's see. maybe? Sorry, I was just checking. It, uh, it was the first appearance of Null, the symbiote guy. Yeah, yeah. Who's that? Okay. And they're already selling for eight bucks a pop on the old Ebays. And that was issue three. Twelve, ooh, twelve bucks for this guy. Holy Moses! He he must have had a good description. Lots of pictures. That's the second print is selling for twelve bucks. Oh, that's the second print. Yep. Oh. First print uh, looking like it's twenty to twenty-five. Dang. I was I was negative. I was negative about Venom too. So, eating my words yes, again. Yes, you were eating my words again. Don't go. He ran out of hats to eat after the, uh, whatever that first one was. Stabity Bunny. Stabity Bunny, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else in Marvel? No. Let's see, Boom doing anything. Ooh, Low Road West. That's a first issue. They have an an incentive variant, a 15-copy incentive variant, so that'll cost you a little bit. 30 bucks, to be exact. 30 bucks and depending uh, and if you get the A cover or whatever we can we can work. We can work 50. a little bit. I might even do 29.25 for you. <laughs> wow. Sir. All right. We also have um Welcome to Wonderland, which I believe I was interested in and may have I may have that one coming. I mean Damn links not working, but that's all right. Vagers can't works for me. Vagers can't be choosers. Yep. What is that? Can you read it for me? Because I'm having trouble. Yeah, I would be glad to. Writer Jackie Bell, Goldie Vance, and yes. artist Maddie Gonzalez, Elements, present a coming-of-age story where fairy tales aren't exactly a dream come true. Bellamy Morris knows everything there is to know about Wonderland Park. She knows when all the most iconic rides were built, all the shortcuts around the park, and all the secret lore behind Old West Town, Space Age Metropolis, and New Princesston. So when she winds up in the real version of Wonderland with real princesses and adorable talking woodland creatures, Bellamy is sure that she has got this. That is, until it starts to become clear that this magical land isn't much like the real world park at all, and the characters she thinks she knows 
aren't at all like she'd imagined. Yeah. Hmm. Sounds like a uh, an amusement park version of Lumberjanes. Yeah. Yeah. Or the last, the Goldie Vance was like hotel detective type thing, and um, it was fun. So I, I don't know if it'll have that same sensibility, but I'm I'm hopeful. Uh, nothing else from Boom from me. Ditto. I don't see anything in Dynamite. I'm enjoying Nancy Drew, but I don't know if you need to buy four covers of it. Action Lab. I don't do much of the, their stuff. So it gets us down to Aftershock with yeah. Moth and Whisper, number one. And that's not Jonathan Hickman on the cover, is it? No, Jen, Jen Hickman. Hickman. It's a young adult cyberpunk thriller starring a genderqueer super thief. Moth and Whisper is the brainchild of Ted Anderson, My Little Pony and Adventure Time, and Jen Hickman, Gem and the Holograms and the Dead. All right. Interesting. Now this this uh, Archie 1941, there were some preview pages uh, in the back of one of the previous Archies that I've read. And uh, it was okay. Um, you know, still Mark Wade doing the writing, so it it was fine. If if you just want to, you know, a period piece, Archie, that's even more previous than uh, than what you were getting from the original Archie, uh, it it it's set way back. Um, but it 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 read fine, and I I didn't mind it at all. So I'm I'm gonna definitely check this out. Um, I'm curious if there's going to be any kind of heat on it. I don't know. I don't know if anybody's pre-ordering it much in your store or it's in any, on anybody's radar, but I, 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 re- I liked what I read. Yeah, we've got, uh, we've definitely got some pre-orders for it. I'm interested in it again. I, I like all that, the war era stuff, whether it's World War II or Cold War, Vietnam, Korea. I, I just a history guy, so I'm getting it for myself. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, check that out. You know, it, you got another chance, to, another bite at the apple, as I like to say. You can you can grab that one. Yep. And then underneath it, you got Vampironica, which I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed um, uh, the Smallwood, uh, the Smallwoods take on this, and I thought it's, I thought it's been pretty good. Let's see. Let's see. I'm just kind of scanning the rest of the list to see if there's anything yeah. else. Yeah. Newberry and Hobbs. That number one, is that a part of the hard case crime by any chance? Uh, From Titan? I, no, I do not think so. It's a steampunk mystery. Mm, not my speed normally. It's a it's a prose short. Gotcha. No pitches. No pitches. But boy, there's a lot of offerings. So sure, there are. Are some doldrums right after Comic Con. There always are a few weeks where the the output is very low, but we seem to have rebounded from that, and we still have one more week. In August. Of, you completely missed the last thing on the list, and I thought you were going to call that no, one No, I, I, I skip all the Trump stuff, so I have to skip 
and to be fair, I have to skip all the uh, other side stuff as well. Well, I, I don't know if you're if you're going to spec if you should because uh, was there not significant heat on the ASM cover with Barack Obama on it? Yeah, but that was like 2008, right? Well, I think the heat is gone. They... Okay. Well, you, you, you call it out, man. Your co-host. <laughs> there's a there's a Barack Panther book that has three covers, so I wasn't sure if that would be something that people would a even know was coming out because it's uh, by the publisher Comics, <laughs> uh, and and b if it was something that people would be interested in getting. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, are Trump's Titans and all those doing well? Um, there they they have their peaks and valleys. Now, I will say, we similar to the way you alluded to things when it comes to political books, we tend to just uh, order to subscribers. And if people come in after and ask if we got it in, we will usually just tell them we got it in, but all the copies are gone. We can look to reorder it if you want, uh, mostly because there's enough political stuff inside the regular offerings that the last thing we need to do is start kerfuffles over covers. Um, so totally understandable. But if you're one of those people who would want to have that, um, just make sure that you get your pre-order in for your FOC order. Nice. Uh Oh, I know we've, what we've got on August twenty second. That finish. That finish. Hey, are we supposed to do our spec pick? We no. We we don't normally do that. We should do that for the FOC. I'm gonna have to pull mine back up because I already closed it. I had already moved on. I got my FOC spec pick. Well, let's do it, man. I'm going with Red Hood and the Outlaws twenty six variant edition. I think that uh, that Yasmin Putri cover is going to be um, one to potentially get. And then I do have a a second one, but I will let you go before I throw my other one I'm going to go with uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 number one. And I'm going to go with the cover A because Kyle's here in spirit and he always says go cover A. So so (laughs) I'm going to go with uh, MSTK. What's What's your wild card? My wild card is going to be the Venom 3 third printing, If uh, especially if you have first or second printing yeah. to bundle up with it. That'd probably be a good one to have a nice yep. little set of. Yep. So um, FOC, if your LCS doesn't do it and doesn't support, uh, provide you the access to the FOC each week, um, drop Eric a line. He can get you on the FOC list, and you can at least check them out and maybe order some from time to time. It costs me more money. Because I usually always find a couple of things each week uh, that now that I can see the cover, it looks cool, and I gotta I gotta do it, and um, I feel like I'm I've got inside information, so uh, it's kind of cool. It's very cool to have that. So so let him know, and he'll he'll hook you up. No no strings attached. You don't have to buy, um, but he'll hook you up there as well. Nope, this isn't like a Costco or a Sam's where you got to pay to be in the club. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> uh, membership has its privileges. <laughs> that's right. Um, coming up soon on the 22nd of August, I believe that's right, is a shop chat um, where Eric is hosting a Skype call with um, any and all that would like to chat about 
uh, Cowabunga Comics, the mail order service, uh, getting on the FOC list, any of that stuff, or just talk shop or talk comics, um, he's going to be available. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes, but he can tell you a little bit more about it and uh, how, to, how to get on. Yeah. So we're going to do on, on the 22nd, so Wednesday the 22nd, starting at 8 p.m. Central. It's going to be on Skype, and uh, the easiest way to get involved is to look for me. My Skype handle is E-H-E-L-W-I-G-8-6. And uh, when I pop on, you know, just ping me and say, hey, I'm here. I'd like to join the, the shop chat, and I'll start pulling people into a call. Um, it's totally driven by the audience, as I like to say. This is uh, We've never done this before. Uh, on our podcast, we will talk about a lot of different things from a retailer perspective, but there are sometimes people have a follow-up question or uh, we don't want to go into as much detail on a recording just in case, um, you know, we do try and keep some things close to the vest, but, um, you know, we may let a few extra things slip. This, uh, this will not be recorded. Uh, it's not meant for that purpose. It's really just meant as kind of a, an extra little um, thank you for those of our customers and people who listen to it and want to talk about it and uh, kind of a fun opportunity for James and I to do more of like a live show type thing where we get to interact with people that either listen to our podcast or listen to us when we jump on on yours, Drew, or if we're on John's, uh, things like that. So it's going to start at 8. Um, you know, It'll probably run maybe a couple hours uh, at the most, we're, we're probably not going to go deep into the night because it's the middle of the week and we all have, uh, well, some of us have multiple jobs to do. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's just an opportunity that we uh, we thought would be kind of fun. Uh, James will be there as well for the first, at least the first hour. He is going to be packing up and going to Wizard World Chicago the next day. So depending on how late it goes, he may have to jettison so he can get, uh, get himself squared away for that. But, um, yeah, that will be the plan. That's awesome. Um yeah, so I'll put those that information in the show notes on how best to do that, um, or just you know just rewind the podcast there and listen to it again. <laughs> uh, right. Let's hop over to uh, the sneak peek at next week. It, these are these are comics coming out August twenty second in your comic book shops, and uh, we'll start an image to see what's coming out this Wednesday. We've got Cold Spots number one, and uh, this is another Colin Bunn book. Uh, who's done a fantastic run on Harrow County and um, countless other things. Uh, so this is uh, about psychological terror, the undead, and a supernaturally bitter cold coming together in the spine-tingling new series. So sounds kind of interesting. Um, Colin Bunn, very prolific creator. Does a lot. Let's see. Got a, a second issue of Die, Die, Die. Um, which I think it was FOC only, right? Or right. retailer. So it still hasn't been in a previews yet, I don't believe. The first you are first correct. issue was fantastic. Um, I'm psyched for this issue as well. I've got a couple issues coming. I'm excited about, so I can't wait to read uh, the second issue. I was really, really blown away. Um, I thought it would just be gore, a gore fest for gore fest's sake, and it, that was not the case. It was a well-done comic. So get it. Yeah. Um, kind of a lot of the uh, the standard fare. You've got the next issues of Hack Slash Resurrection, Hit Girl, 
Uh, you've got a postal trade, which I know you mm-hmm. were big on, yep. Drew. You have Volume Seven coming out, and then uh, Redneck Number Fourteen, Royal City Number Fourteen. Those are both coming out. Those are always uh, you know good good sell through on those. Saga Fifty Four is the second printing, which that is the end of the. Yeah. That's that's the pause mark, yeah, right? This is the intermission um, stage. the 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 cover is the same. Just has a little bit of text in the lower left corner lower right corner that says second printing on it so it's the same cover um there was a very important uh plot point that occurred during this and it also marks the end of saga for a year um at least uh bkv said a year at least so um this be your last chance to buy a saga uh, um single issue comic for a while so um i think you get this uh, it's going to be a much lower print run than than 54 was. Um, something significant happens. Uh, there's going to be demand for Saga without any Saga. So it, I think it's worth worth picking up. Cool. The third issue of Shanghai Red, that's been really good. The first two issues were great. So it, uh, it's a good read. Nothing else in image from me. Let's head on down to Dark Horse. Uh, we got Beasts of Burden. Uh, this is Evan Dorkin doing the writing and Benjamin Dewey doing the art. Both really good at their jobs. Uh, this is about a heroic pack of canines known as the Wise Dogs set off on a mission to clean up a Pennsylvania corridor plagued by seemingly unrelated occult disturbances. That include a fire salamander and a horde of mutant lurkers. A link is found among the various disturbances, leading our heroes to a mountain village inhabited by a survivalist witch cult who have discovered the existence of a blood lure attracting occult forces, creatures, and many more terrors to Burden Hill. So, I don't know this series. It says it's back. I never heard of Beasts of Burden, but I know these creators are great. So, I'm going to check this out and see if it makes any sense to me. Sounds yeah. good. I don't. When did the original series come out? Did you know? Ooh, um, I do not know. I will not yeah, lie. I, I don't. I, it has to have been a while ago because I don't recognize it at all. Let's see what I can see. Oh, that's okay. I don't think our listeners care. <laughs> oh, it's no trouble. <laughs> uh, we also have Black Hammer: Age of Doom, uh, which has come back with a vengeance and been really strong. Picked up right where it left off. Um, I'll be honest with you. I didn't. Have, I didn't go down the rabbit hole on any of the little side quest uh, comics that came out that were tie-ins for Black Hammer, and I heard they were all really good. So um, I'm probably going to have to go chase those down at some other point. Um, I heard you could read those on their own. You don't need to have read Black Hammer. So I plan on revisiting those at some point. Uh, but I still love Black Hammer. It's really, really great. Great read. Let's see here. I don't know. Not too much else in Dark Horse for nope. me. A um, couple of collected editions. Uh, Gantz Omnibus, which is a, a manga. Um, so, yeah. Not too much there. Um, I have nothing in IDW either. So, unless you have something. Uh, the only item that I have is the... It's a collected edition. It's the Star Wars Classic Newspaper Comics Hardcover Volume 3. Uh, those are always kind of cool. I don't remember yeah, that. Al Williamson strips. I don't think any of the newspapers I ever read had Star Wars comics in them. 
a lot of Garfield and Foxtrot. Yeah, you know, they had Farside and Bloom County and stuff like that, but I don't ever remember Star Wars. Was it like a Mary Worth or one of those like serial types? Yeah, I think I think it was more of a serial type and uh I remember one news so I was born after this collection stopped after volume three stopped i was born in 86 and i remember seeing some in a couple of newspapers but not um so it might have been like a 70s thing yeah it was i think late 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 70s might have started but it was through the 80s Uh, obviously the first movie came out in 77 so it wouldn't have predated that but um yeah it was into the 80s and i remember seeing a couple of them but didn't by the time i was reading it was Garfield and High and Lois and, and a couple other things, and that was yeah. about it. Well, as we head into DC, we've got three covers for Action 1002. That's just cool to have that number that high. Legitimate number. I'm looking forward to Batman Kings of Fear. Scarecrow is one of my favorite uh, DC villains, and uh, there's a cover, Beast and Kevich cover mm-hmm. on it. That's uh, quite a fetching cover. Uh, people like Kelly Jones as well. Yep. No slouch, but I would I I like the Sienkiewicz better on this one. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty cool. Flash has been enjoyable. Not a lot of heat on it, but it's definitely been an enjoyable read. Really? Is it still Williamson? Yeah, still Josh Williamson. Yep. Sorry, I was in the process of pulling up Justice League Dark. Um, this is one that we weren't too sure how it was going to how it was going to go, but it, it's been a, a great seller for us. A lot of people going after it. I don't know if it's doing anything on the secondary market. It's James Tinian, so I don't I don't like him very well. I mean, I like him as a person, but his stuff usually gets long and Scott Snydery, not in a good way. <laughs> but we'll see, we'll see. I'm, I haven't read it yet, so I haven't read the first one, but I I will. Do me a favor. Go to Teen Titans 21 Variant Edition. You tell me if you've heard of this artist and seen work that he, I think, maybe she, but uh, has done before. Alex Garner. and it, See, that has that same kind of filtery. That's an amazing, that's an amazing cover. And yeah, I think yeah. Kyle was harping about this before when it was on the FOC list. And that, yep. that's a great cover. But I've no, I've not heard of that person. Have to have the comics DB them. That's great. I believe that was I might have been Kyle's pick once too when that was on FOC. What does he know? Yeah. Uh, anything else in DC that jumps out at you? Um. Uh, other than the Jenny Frizen Wonder Woman cover, not not so much. She's got a different different tone now of the yeah. covers. Kind of gone with that islandy feel. 
but no, that's it. Well, as we head down to Marvel, we've got, uh, let's see. We, we know what class, X-Men Classified is now. <laughs> yes, we do. What an underwhelming thing that was. No yeah, comment. Mr. and Mrs. X, whoop de doo uh, So then we have a new Punisher relaunch. Uh, Matt Rosenberg, Greg Smallwood doing the cover. Art by Simon Kogransky. It's all great. It's just unnecessary. Unnecessary number one. But yeah, it looks great. I so if you go to if you look at Black Panther number three, uh, the cover artist for this was probably our most uh, most sold Black Panther number one variant artist in Hyuk oh, Lee. That's nice. Um, yeah, the purple and blue that he likes to use on the covers is just. It's gorgeous, and this is the uh, the A cover. And only. The only cover. Uh, is it, or is there one in the... Um, we got to go to that variant list. Oh, really? Okay. I Maybe. Gotcha. So, yeah, there's uh, two more. There's a Campbell variant, which, holy Christ, that's cool. <laughs> that one was not available at FOC. Damn. We have um, West Coast Avengers relaunch. It's number one. Uh, West Coast Avengers, of course, was one of my favorite comics as a kid. Um, Loved this comic. And this cover makes it look like hot garbage. But uh, (laughs) it is Kelly Thompson, who I think is a really good writer. Um, And I'm hoping that the story is better on the inside than the cover looks like it's going to be on the outside. And I'm going to give it. I'm going to be patient, I and mean, I'm not going to have a quick draw on uh, dropping something. I'm going to give it a full arc because of my long history and love for the title. We've got the only remaining X-Men color left, and that is X-Men Red. I think the other two have ended or will be ending pretty soon. So right. X-Men Red's the only one left and is there is there a black coming? X-Men Black? Is that right? It rings a bell, but I there's been so much X lately yeah. that I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, we, I'm we got bit. Uncanny coming, we've got this John Byrne yeah. thing happening. A lot of X. Wolver- uh, hunt, we're hunting for Wolverine all over the place, can't find him. <laughs> <laughs> has a Wakanda Forever Avengers number one. It sounds like they're just throwing comic titles in a hat and pulling it out. Just, let's mix this one in with that one. That'll be great. Uh, Another man. great uh, Venom cover by Ryan Stegman. You gave up on this, right? No. I was okay. about to. I was, and then I was publicly shamed by you, Kyle, several others, Twitter. I'm glad that peer pressure was. Yeah, able to I, get I'm you easily to manipulated see by reason. the opinion of others. <laughs> <laughs> I 
All right, that's it there. That's all for me from uh, Marvel. Yeah, I got nothing really in Dynamite. Just a continuing series for Barbarella, yeah. uh, Red Sonia. Nothing happening in uh, Boom for me. Yeah, uh, Lumberjanes 53 is about the biggest thing I see. And, we got an, and so as we go down into the back half, we've got an, an Aspen Zero issue for $1.50 called Artifact 1. like the price point, but Aspen stuff is hit or miss for me normally. Mm-hmm. What else we got here? Anything, uh, let's see. Uh, Oblivion, uh, with the eight as the, the, uh, is that Oblivion 18N? Yeah. Looks like Oblivion. But there's an 18 where the I and the O would be, which is kind of dumb, right? Um, written by <laughs> Ken Christensen with art by Francisco Gaston. Uh, on her 17th birthday, an overprotected girl violently defies her parents, vowing to lose her virginity if it's the last thing she does. Then her much older brother vanishes along with seemingly every authority figure. <laughs> this is from Scout Comics. And uh, yeah, I think I've got this on pre-order. Even though it's a dumb title. Yeah. Got a stabity bunny trade. Yeah. I recommend this. If you haven't read it, it's really good series. Surprisingly good. And I'm all the way down on the Z's already, but Zenober number three. Uh, this is a Scout comic book as well. This is a, This is a book that has... Sold out very quickly every time we've gotten it in. We've actually had a real good run of Scout Comics lately. Uh, the Mall number one was yeah. one of those. Zenober's been great. So, and then uh, Wasted Space through Vault Comics. We've had great sell through on those. We've got the uh, third printing of number one, second printing of number two, and uh, first printing of number four. Yeah, I think that's all I have. So um, I will give you honors. You can go. You can give me your spec pick, and then I will follow it up with my loser pick. Ooh, oh boy. Uh, well, this is kind of a tricky one. Um, There's lots of good stuff to choose from. There is. I, I think that uh, you know you can't go wrong with die 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 number two uh, because it was not something in previews. Uh, it may have been under ordered. Mm-hmm. So that would be one way you could go. Um, I have a couple of alternates, but I'll let you pick yours first. Well, mine was Die, Die, Die. So I have to go with my second one, which is also an image. And I am going to go with uh, Saga 54, second printing. So I'm going to also throw in there, um, there's no reason not to. You might as well get Venom 5. Uh, There's been heat on almost every issue of it. And then uh, honorable mention, because Kyle's not here, Teen Titans 21 Variant True. Edition. True, good call. Very good. Man, that's a cool cover. Very good selection. All right. Anything else before awesome. the, for the good of the order before we sign off? I don't think so. Well, I want to thank you again for uh, spending some time with me tonight on a weeknight, on a work night. We're both 
very busy people and have to get up bright and early in the morning. Um, so, but I want to, I want to thank you for your time and you've made this show much better than it would have been with just me. So thank you very much for that. We'll have ways to contact you in our show notes so that, um, people can get a hold of you, uh, or get up on the call next week. Um, so that's, that's going to be awesome as well. Sounds good. I don't know if I made it way better, but I know I made it way longer. You always do. We can guarantee that. (laughs) Thanks thanks again, everyone, for listening uh, to Comics for Fun and Profit.